Well, gentlemen, here we are. This is episode 12, season two, episode two of the Gentleman's Club podcast, the place where we come to talk about the best fantasy IDP keeper dynasty league that has ever existed on the face of the earth. I'm so glad to be back doing this. We are like two days away from the start of our first fantasy games beginning. It's been a long time that we've been waiting for this. It's been a crazy offseason, lots of smack talk, lots of trading. Um, we just finished up the rookie draft, which we will recap and talk about uh, in a little while. But before we get into all of that, uh, Commissioner Clark is here in the house yeah. with me today. How are you doing, buddy? What's up, dude? I am doing well. I'm excited for the season to get here. Like it, it has, it's gone fast, but it also has been a very long time. Uh, and all, all I gotta say is I've, I've loved this off season more than probably any off season. I love the draft more than any draft we've had. So yeah, I'm pumped to kind of get rolling with this whole thing. Yeah. I think zoom was a fun addition, uh, this year for whoever could make it into that. That was kind of a, a fun, there wasn't, I wouldn't say a ton of crazy stuff happened in the zoom call, but it was cool to just kind of like see everybody's faces and process things and get like it actual definitely, reactions to when people drafted. That was, yeah. that was the, I think the best part. Yeah. That definitely made things go faster. Like that was like, once we got rolling, like it, that was really helpful. And, uh, I think it just speaks to, I think we, we say it all the time, but just kind of the impact this, I think this podcast has had in the league and just like to get on there and, um, stuff like zoom allows guys who've never met before in this league, like see each other talk. I mean, it was great for Adam Java to join and, um, kind of not only be on the podcast, but then be in that zoom call to see a couple guys. And so, uh, it'll be fun. It'll be fun to hopefully maybe do some more stuff like that and uh, keep us getting together. So, yeah, we, uh, we did it in under an hour this year and normally it takes about an hour and a half or so to do the yeah. rookie draft because of just yeah. typing back and forth. So yeah, it definitely did go faster, which was kind of nice. Cause especially when you get into the later rounds, it just got longer and longer. And yes. so to be like, for you just to be able to say, Nope, already taken or for the entire group, just be like, Nope, already taken. Keep going. Like pick yeah. somebody. It was, it was super nice to be able to do that. Yeah, so. Not having 13 Facebook messengers open and just seeing who was saying what it actually was like 14. It'd be like the entire league plus like the actual draft plus like the trash talk one. It's just like, it's just nice to have it be like too open and then everyone else yeah, talking. For sure. So for sure. definitely fun. Yeah. Well, uh, we also have another guest. Uh, and I think this will probably be become tradition for the podcast is whoever the champ is for the year gets the honor of being the first guest on the podcast. Uh, like and it. so uh, Bubba, the owner of Bubba's Arn City Yinzers, hailing from Pittsburgh originally, now living in the lovely town of Kalamazoo, which just got wrecked by a storm, which I'm sure Bubba will talk about at some point during this, uh, is here with us today. So, Bubba, how are you doing, dude? Hey, Yins, guys. I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> I know you love I, hate this. Love I hate this episode oh. already. <laughs> <laughs> Yins love it. You know you do. Gosh, Bubba, I'm glad you're here, man. I think I can mute you anytime I want through having control of Zoom. So we just interview him the entire time, but he's just clipped out. <laughs> just on mute. So it's just four and a half minutes of just dead time. <laughs> question, question. Like it's just there's never a response from Bubs. Not my, not my podcast host. 
<laughs> oh man so uh yeah how you doing buddy i'm doing good guys uh glad to be here um i'm coming to you live from a hotel room in kalamazoo as uh chris mentioned uh some storms kind of with kalamazoo area and uh our house kind of got a little damage from it um so <laughs> um I still wanted to make it on the podcast because I love being with you guys, love hearing from you guys, um, you know, so I wanted to be here with you guys and just have a good time. So, yeah, let's do it. Perfect. Sweet. We're glad you ended up making it on. So the commitment ends real. I think I, well, I was going to say, I noticed that you said you guys a lot more in that last part yeah. than yin's guys. So I didn't yeah. know if you were doing that as like a joke or if you were just, I don't know. Anyways, yeah for sure for sure as it should sweet well bubba with this being kind of the the podcast right before the season starts we'll obviously talk draft and stuff here in a moment but uh what, you, what were like your thoughts on your team heading into this season you got any season goals you want to share any of that kind of stuff yeah um that's that's great you know to think about because i was thinking about that and i like when i was on my lunch break at work today and from, like about the 2020 season how it's going to translate into the 2021 season at 20, in 2020, like I literally, I would say, haven't had no goals whatsoever. I thought I was just going to tank and be the number one draft pick. Um, and then you guys call me out as the Cowboys of the group. And I'm like, no, this ain't happening. Um, but literally, I think goals for this year, you know, you kind of keep bringing it up, Clark, is the word consistency. Um, and I think I want to try and keep that consistency rolling with not the not flashy players um, and then just being to, you know, continue what they do on a weekly basis. Um, the only reason why I, I figured consistency was key is that I kind of went back to all the four major um, sports like championships here in America. So, of, of those major championships, I would say at least three of those teams had either nobody flashy or they just had a consistent rhythm with one other to find a way to win a championship. So I'm going to kind of take that again into this year and uh, see where that lands up. Hmm. Is that Dude, kind you of Tyree mean, Kill and Travis Kelsey, though? How do you have any flashy players? <laughs> you, you don't have to have the star. I know. I'm just, to, I'm just giving you crap, man. I'm just yeah. giving you crap. <laughs> <laughs> so consistency, you, uh, consistency is key. I get it. I get it. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you want to, you want to repeat. I mean, everyone wants to repeat. Is there kind of like if you don't do this, like if you don't at least make the playoffs, or at least like get first, like this season will be considered a loss or a wash for you? You know, no, and. I'm anticipating, well, even last year, I anticipated that I was not going to get into the playoffs at all, nor did I even think of, let alone winning the championship um, against you, Clark. Um, but okay. again, I think, I think that for uh, all of at least the consistency key was factored in, of course, good, you know, was another major part of the whole entire thing. And one of your uh, quotes that you said about my name was that I have a bench. And the bench players can still come off and it's like the next man up mentality where it can continue to, you know, keep consistency. Um, again, with COVID here, again, still reigning halfway supreme. Sure. We'll see where it lands us, you know, for each of them. Uh, it's, it's just going to be 
an inevitable thing that we'll have to work with plus an extra week to this year as well in the NFL schedule. Yep. Yeah. I, I haven't even thought about like what an extra week will look like. Like, are we going to, I don't think it'll truly mess with our season too much, but are we going to see uh, random resting of players like mid season or if a guy uh, normally would play when he's 90% or 95% are coaches like, Nope. If you're not a hundred percent at all, like we're going to not play you as much. Like, I just, I just wonder if there'll be some, um, just some more resting is probably the best way to put it than we've seen in years past. I think it's just going to be a weird year in general of just seeing some players like last minute, not playing or resting or, you know, COVID protocol, whatever it is, like, it's going to be a weird year. I think for players just in general and just for fantasy football in general, which I mean, we always talk about the GC being a league, anybody that anybody can win in like this year might just even be more of that case where it's like, well, you had yeah. one of your star running backs on, on uh bye week this week. And now one's in COVID protocol or one's getting rested more. And now you have two running backs instead of three. And it's like, well, there goes 15 points from your team right there. You know, it's like, yeah, who you're knows literally playing three tight ends. Like, you know, just, it could be just this <laughs> most random thing. Like, um, yeah. you know, we'll talk about the power rankings, but I just think, I think it'll be really cool this year because it was really hard. It was, I say this every time, but this was the most difficult I've had to do like an initial power rankings, just because looking at teams, like having to take different things into consideration, like COVID now that we kind of know how it plays out and knows where the world's hopefully trending and heading, who knows, like I just, I think it truly is anyone's race this year because I, I won't asterisk the winner because I think it's going to show the best team, like the most complete team will win this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think you're right. I have thought a lot about the draft over the Mm -hmm. past week and a half or so. And so I'm curious as we turn that corner into the, into the GC draft recap, what were your guys' thoughts on the draft overall? Um, in terms of like, did you have a plan heading into the draft? Was it a success or a fail? Did you get who you wanted? So on and so forth. What were your thoughts on your overall draft coming into it? Bubba, you were talking about consistency. Did that did that factor into your draft plans at all um, as you kind of came into the rookie draft this year? Yeah, that kind of did. Um, I would say for me was also fulfilling the needs uh, of my team and what needs to you know, continue to happen. Um, my team is getting older. I will fully admit. Um, so I had to obviously try and get as much young guys as I can, or at least someone to start replacing the older fellows. Talking about Big Ben, of course. Big Ben is my go-to. Um, so he's going to step up and pick pick up his, his boots and, and run with it. Is it going to be two? Is it going to be Justin Fields, who I drafted in the this year? Mm-hmm. Um, is it going to somebody else in the future? I, I literally don't know. Um, we'll see for sure. Yeah. Did you? Uh, I'll go ahead. From, well, I was going to say, from your perspective, like, how did you just feel about your draft in general? In general, I thought it was okay. Draft wasn't my best draft. Um, I did get. Like I said I wanted to go for at least a player who I thought was going to be not only consent, but had the different capabilities of a like quarterback that I actually had. So even though I drafted, uh, 
last year, like I, I felt like he didn't either get the condition that he had with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick being in Miami at the time. Um, but secondarily speaking, like I knew Jim Fields could be one of those more mobile quarterbacks, but also still have an arm mm. to really sling it down the field. So that's why I chose Fields as my like first round pick uh, for this year. Sure. Was he someone that you had targeted like specifically then? Or were you just going to take whoever was available at 12? It was both. Um, I mean, Fields was, you know, I, I'm hearing about Justin Fields. I've been hearing about like Matt Jones and obviously pretty boy Trevor Lawrence. And I just wasn't feeling Trevor Lawrence at the time. So I was just was like, okay, who's it going to boil down to? Is it going to boil back or is it going to boil down to Justin's? Mac being Alabama, yes, he's going to give you the numbers, but I, again, still felt that being from an Ohio State point of view, mm-hmm. you know, Fields could actually make that happen for our team, and so that's drafted him to the injuries. Nice. Anyone that you really wanted that you didn't get? Oh, really? <laughs> I, I, I knew well, it was going to be a lot of That's dark kind of a hard place to... Getting everybody that you it, want. It, it's it's a hard base, but it's also at the same time since I um, gave draft pick to uh, Taylor Koleski in the second round uh, from our trade last year. It was a little tougher even then. Like mm-hmm. if I would have kept that draft pick, I think I would have been fine to get somebody else. But otherwise, uh, I'm okay. You know, I'll be I'll be okay this year. Cool. Clark, what about for you? Any- oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I think just more than anything, you made the comment about the draft picks. Like, I think there was the, probably the most traded draft picks that we've seen um, in a draft. And so that was really interesting to kind of like scroll through. And a couple of guys only have four or five picks where other guys have, you know, seven or eight. Like, I, you know, Chris, you really stocked up this year. So I think that'll be in the years to come. I wonder if we'll start, you know, I think we will see more and more picks get traded. But um, yeah, just where you're at. I, my, my plan heading into the draft is I really wanted to target a QB. I waited until the very last round to take one though. Like, so at that, at that point, like I really, I've definitely failed on that end. Um, but I also didn't have a pick until the third round. So I kind of knew like, unless Mac Jones, who I thought would be the fifth guy to kind of fall. Um, and then I really was hoping to kind of hone in on some linebackers or two and then just see where things lie when it came to like wide receiver and running back. Like those positions are just obviously like legit. And so um, on, like generally the top two guys on my list, just based on me picking in the third round were Ernest Jones and Ramon Day Stevenson. And I got, I got both of them. So mm-hmm. like I was, I was happy with that. Um, I was really satisfied with the two receivers I took in Amon Ross St. Brown and, and Terrace Marshall, like in a year, they could both be studs in a year. They could both still be third or fourth guys. Like it's just one of those we'll see, but I do believe there's a lot of potential and they're in positions to like, I don't know, be, be something which is helpful. And yeah, I, then, uh, say, I think you're, I think uh, who was the wide receiver you drafted the guy from the lions, right? So you, yeah. you took, yeah, I think I think he's got I think he's got so much potential just because the Lions yeah. literally have an entirely new wide receiving core. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I took he's he's currently on Joe Williams' roster, and I haven't removed him yet, or at least I think he's still there. But Quintez Cephas, like 
technically I own him. I think he's just back on the free agent, but who knows? But like, he's another Detroit kid. And it's like one of those, like, do either one of them take off, you know, uh, someone has to catch the ball there, hopefully. Um, but yeah, I was, I was kind of not shocked, but I think I got him late third. Um, and the guy I was actually really, really pumped to get was, was, uh, Pat, uh, Fremuth from, uh, Pittsburgh. I guess they refer to him as baby Gronk and he's got stone hands Ebron in front of him, but, um, who knows for how who long? Knows. Yeah, who knows? So, yeah. Overall, I was I am missing the QB. I'm good with Bond, with uh with Kellen Mond. Um, We've got Dak this year. Like Dak will have a big year. So yeah, yeah I, I mean so. you've got another year. Or so still. yeah. Um, you know who knows? Maybe Kirk Cousins. They get rid of him a year or two. Like it's one of those. Like we'll see. So yeah. Um, overall, I only having picks from the third round on. I was I was pretty. I was pretty satisfied. I'm good with it. Yeah. So yeah, it's good. Yeah. I think I had a really specific, like I knew who I was going to take at each spot um, until mm-hmm. uh, Travis Etienne, Etienne got hurt. Um, when he got oh, hurt, my entire game yeah. plan changed because I was planning on taking him second. I was planning on taking Trevor Lawrence at number eight. Cause I think wow. that's going to be just a really dynamic duo because they played together in college. Like sure. they're in Jacksonville. They've got urban Meyer who loves young college guys and probably would have used them uh, really, really yeah. well. And then I was going to take either Zayvon Collins or Micah Parsons at 11. And I got Micah oh, Parsons. Sure. Cause I was, cause I was planning. I was like, I have, I have three linebackers averaging nine points or over. I need one more to have a really solid linebacking core. Yeah, and so when when ETN got hurt, it was like, well, there goes my there goes my entire plan. So I, you know, drafted Javante Williams instead because I was like, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take the second pick overall. I need one more running back um, yeah. that'll be and he'll be legit there. And then I took another running back at eight because I was like, I don't I don't necessarily want Travis Lawrence or Trevor Lawrence if I don't, if I don't have ETN. Like I've got Lamar Jackson, I've got Daniel Jones, like I've got Matt Ryan. I mean. I picked up Teddy Bridgewater. Like I have enough quality potential quarterbacks right now. I didn't need to do that. So I took um, Trey Sermon instead, like, cause let's be real. Monstart is fragile as all get out. So they're going to do the, they're going to do the running back by committee until he gets hurt or they trade him or move on. And so I was like, if I have two running backs and one of them hits and I can trade away like Nick Chubb next year or, Clyde Edwards Hilaire for more draft picks into the future. Like that was why I, why I doubled up on running backs in the first round, hoping that one or maybe both of them hit um, going into the future. Cause I want to stay relevant as long as I can and trade some away. If I, if they, yeah. if they get good and continue to have one or two first round draft picks every year and go from there. Cause it's always risky taking players in the rookie draft. Cause you never know what's going to happen, but you can trade away a first round for a second or third year player who's consistent and that's a little bit easier of a pill to swallow sometimes. So I think that was my very game true. plan change after ETN got hurt, but I did have a very specific plan that I knew I could pull off if ETN didn't mm-hmm. get hurt because he would have fallen to second. We already knew Najee Harris was going to get taken. Nobody would have seen Trevor Lawrence going yeah. at number eight with all the wide receivers and running backs. And then I could have gotten my linebacker at 11, but Hey, things change. So, 
that was that was my yeah. pretty specific plan going into it. It've been solid, and honestly, did I? Do you feel like overall, like you were successful in the sense of like were you satisfied with your draft? Yeah, I was satisfied. I knew at eight I wasn't going to get a good wide receiver. Like I figured, all of those guys were all like the heavy hitters mm-hmm. were going to be gone by pick number eight, sure. and sure enough, Waddle and Chase and Smith and all those guys were taken. So I was like. Do I want to use the the number eight on a wide receiver? Like I don't, I don't know. There's not any other ones that are going to be starting right away. So True. took Sermon and feel good, feel feel good about it. I mean, San Francisco is probably going to be a San Francisco is probably going to be a super hot mess because they're doing like everything by committee this year. But that's true. We'll see. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I, I thought through and through. You know, when you look at who had probably the best draft. I I put you and Javed. I thought you guys did really well. I thought Chris, your top six picks between Williams, Sermon, Parsons, Quiddy Pay, Rondell Moore, and uh, Morig, the safety from Vegas. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. that's a really epic six. That like I look at those, and I'm like that that borders on like you kind of rebuilt your team like in one yeah. draft. Yeah. I'm excited um, for Quiddy pay. He's not expected to do a ton right away, but as he yeah. like gets older into the season, like he's supposed to be really good as a defensive end. Um, and yeah. that would be great. Cause both Cameron Jordan and Zadarius Smith are getting older. So it'd be great to be able to have one to back them up. Yeah. Yeah. I was really impressed. And then I think, I think, you know, um, I like what Javid did. I think his, mm-hmm. he went all offense, which honestly, if you've never drafted in the GC before, that's a totally solid direction to go. Um, because obviously offense is important to fantasy football overall. Um, and I think walking with Harris, Waddle, Lawrence, and Hubbard as those top four guys, I think, um, I mean, CMC has proven himself to not stay healthy. And even when he was healthy, it wasn't like Mike Davis didn't do bad you know it's like he he still ran a little bit even with a healthy cmc so hubbard's good he's got the quarterback of the future for him with lawrence waddle hopefully he's the man and then you know i I just hope just from a standpoint of like i just like seeing people succeed i hope naji harris is as legit as they say yeah um so it'll be really interesting to see a uh molinex fife uh built squad now have someone running it and actually having draft picks and knowing actually taking quality draft picks that'll be i'm gonna go ahead and say it javed's in the final four this year um just based on those poem that is a dangerous draft that he had um Mm. so he's going to be competing on your end and i think i'll look at the the carter and is going to have the actual the, the play for uh division supremacy here wow so you're saying when you say final four you mean he'll be in the race to make the playoffs or are you thinking he's making the no, final final, fi- final four like he's from final oh get out of here get out of here. <laughs> no yeah. like I, I i think so you know even just with all like again it's not g harris and Yellen waddle trevor lawrence if he does good things in jacksonville and jacksonville does good things on offense sure. um, I think he's a dangerous top 14 this year. I really do. 
I don't think he's a top four. I think he's a top four buster. I think he could greatly upset any of the top fours or screw over playoffs this year. I I will say I, I have been really impressed with how he traded. He gained from last year. Fife was averaging about 195 to 200 points coming into a fantasy matchup. His first week he's averaged supposed to average 226. He gained 26 points in one off season. Yeah. which is really good. I mean, if he had really good linebackers, if he would have drafted one more linebacker there, could have sure. done really solid and gotten another extra mm-hmm. three points or so. But like, I think he's, I think next year very easily could be up there. If he could get a linebacker and, and some of his linebackers could get a little bit stronger and he could yeah. get another running back. I think he could very easily be uh, in, in the, in the race for, being in the playoffs pretty easily. I, I was really impressed with what yeah. he did. I've loved what he's done. It's just, there's the, there is the reality of like, um, he's literally leaning on Najee Harris when it comes to the running back position. He's, he's saying incredibly hill, like incredible prayers that Daryl Henderson actually plays this year and stays healthy and isn't overtaken by every other running back on that roster. Like he does everywhere else he's been for every other season. But like he, he just, I agree. I think he will, I am not, uh, I have not circled the date of playing Javid as like, I can't wait. This is like an easy win. Like I, I'm not looking forward to playing Javid. Um, where like with Fife, you're kind of like, oh, sweet. I can kind of chill this week. I'm not even going to check things. Um, that's just straight up. But I, I agree with Chris. In one offseason, he's totally gone from like a joke to, okay, this guy's a couple players away now um, from the man. I really enjoyed uh, Patterson's top three. His first three choices, I think. Uh, he took Wilson. Uh, he took Devontae Smith and then he took, um, Richie Grant, the safety from Atlanta. I think that's a solid three for, again, a team that's kind of goes back and forth season to season of super good to like middle of the road. So good future. Um, and then honestly, um, Joe Williams is his draft is just loaded with potential. Yeah, I, I agree with that as well. I think I was I was surprised that nobody took ETN earlier. Sure. Even with hurting, even with oh. being injured, like yeah. Yeah, I think him dropping to Jaw is kind of like, oh man, that kind of that sucks going forward. Um because this team was already super stacked um on offense and then um taking was it Waddle he ended up taking at wide receiver? Or was it? You got Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. That's who he got. Yeah. And then he took uh, Rashad Bateman and uh, Diami Brown from yeah. Washington football team. Yep. Those are three really good young receivers. Yep, for sure. And I think that's only going to pay dividends for him in the future. And he got James yep. Robinson from Actor Off. Yep. So it's like he pulled that trade off, and he might have had to steal the draft and with getting Kenneth Gainwell or Gainwell. He's basically Miles Sanders 2.0, mm-hmm. but they're going to use him. And Sanders has proven like you get, you get 12, 13 games maybe out of Sanders so far. Like he, it's, it's not a bad thing to have like the secondary guy in Philadelphia. And I think it's going to be Gainwell who Joe got like in the fifth or sixth round. So it's like one of those, like, uh, yeah, 
it just there's there's it's just loads of potential. So. I think there's going to be an interesting, and this I could be way off on this, but having that extra week talking about saying, you know, hey, they might rest starting running backs quite a bit. Like it might not be a bad season to have yeah. backups on your team for mm-hmm. four teams that have workhorses, like having whoever the uh, running back behind Derrick Henry is like. Sure. It'll be an interesting season because, like, I think there will be a bunch of records that are broken at the same time. Like, sure. very easily could have the rushing one or the passing one or the receiving, you know, like because they've added a 17th week to it. But yeah. I think you could also yeah. see a lot of those players still be rested, and it might not be a bad idea to have those secondaries on your roster spots in case they decide at yeah. the last minute to rest those players because. Like in the NBA, they'll figure out ways to rest players to keep them healthy. Yeah. And rookies might just play more in general. For sure. Mm-hmm. Second half of the season. Yep. Uh, kind of the last thoughts on the draft. You got any base specific where they were drafted to the GC. So not just they're professional, but based on who took them in the GC, uh, which rookies you kind of see having the biggest impact. I think Najee will have the biggest for Javid. I think that's pretty, I mean, he went from having basically no running backs besides Daryl Henderson to now having two or at least one with Najee Harris. I think he'll make the biggest impact. Um, I think it'll be uh, most likely Javante Williams for me. Um, I think, uh, I think Justin Fields for Bubba will be, the big one. I think once he starts playing, I could very easily see him overtaking Ben as your starting quarterback at some point in the season. Um, just cause I think mobile, mobile quarterbacks like Justin Fields, who can also throw, you saw this with Lamar Jackson, his rookie year, like yep. the NFL doesn't know how to figure them out right away because they've never seen them. You know, last year we saw, we saw, uh, Lamar Jackson struggle a little bit because they kind of figured him out. He also didn't have a lot of options at his disposal. So he had to try and do everything, but I could see Justin Fields becoming that impact player for your team that could really catapult you this year. Yeah. Um, yeah, those are, those are a few. I said, I'd like to like to see what impact um, Casey has with Matt Jones as well. Um, and just because of the free agent, um, whatever you want to call it, um, it's telling Cam Newton to hit the road. Uh, over Matt Jones. It's just like, I have to see what type of impact they make up in New England there. Uh, is it going to go back to like a Tom Brady-esque offense uh, under Josh Daniels? Uh, or, or is it going to be like a brand new Matt Jones offense? How is it going to be up there? Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what uh, Casey has with um, Matt Jones. Yeah. No, I agree with like the Harris take. I agree with Fields. I think long term potential. Um, I even I think Casey honestly has the best young QBs between Herbert and Jones. Like, for you sure, could, you could you could argue Pedersen now having Murray and Wilson, um, but Herbert and Jones like that's just a Herbert's. I hope he's incredible again this year. Um, I think Kyle Pitts for Van Camp. You know, tight ends are such a premium position in the GC and in fantasy football in general. Like I'm in another league and they want to start two tight ends. And I literally, I think in like rounds like seven and eight, I was drafting back-to-back tight ends. I was like, okay, I'm going to take some of the top tight ends and 
because there's just not a lot of them. Uh, well, you can use those for I, trade bait later on too, if sure. you need to. Sure. And I, I definitely think um, kind of last thought, like broad drafting a JOK from Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um, just a great sleeper linebacker. He's not a, a sleeper in, in the sense of like, we knew he was a top linebacker, but broad getting him with already having a stout offense, like to get a guy who could be a 10 point per game defender. Like that's, that's a huge impact. So well, that's what we already, that's what we always said about broad. And to yep. some extent van cam too, is like, if they can get their defenses figured out, yep. I mean, and he, and to watch him take him at the second in the second round. Yeah. I, I think that's, I think that's going to pay big dividends for him. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. So yeah. no, it was a great draft. I was, I was really impressed with how prepared people were even guys who couldn't quite draft the whole time. Like they, some of the detailed notes they were sending, it was just like, it was just encouraging. Like, um, I loved, I don't, I don't have it on my, uh, on my, uh, computer or anything, but like Pedersen was sending me stuff like, okay, round four, I'm looking for, top wide receiver or linebacker. But then he also had like, if this guy's here, take him. Like it just was like really detailed. Bubba's always done a really good job, but like, um, I just got that from a lot of guys. So actually knowing what to do if a guy's couldn't be in the draft. Cause I'm at the, I'm in the point mindset kind of going forward. And I, I said it like in the future, if you don't send notes, we're just going to forfeit the pick. If you can't be there, like I know life happens, but y- if you had no notes to begin with, even just saying, take a running back in the seventh round, you know what I mean? Like I, I it doesn't even be crazy, but if you got nothing, like you obviously weren't prepared to go into the draft anyways. Yep. So like, so to know that guys um, sent really good lists, really detailed notes. Like I think that just helped everything go smoothly as well. Um, I wasn't drafting shooting from the hip or trying to help teams either. Like that was nice knowing that I drafted Antonio Gibson last year for, for broad. I should have just not drafted anyone because he gave me no notes. So it's just like that whole, like uh, just going forward, like um, I was encouraged that guys were prepared and a part of it. So Mm -hmm. it was good. Yeah. Um, Last question, maybe about the draft. I would be, I would be curious to know, and we didn't have this in the outline, but I was looking at the list. Are there any surprise players that you saw taken either later or earlier than you thought that they would go? I'll be, I'll be honest for me. I was surprised Kyle Pitts did not go number four. I was surprised that Elijah Moore went number four. Sure. I, I think that was my, that was one that I was surprised about. Yeah. I was surprised with Elijah for at four. I, you know, I know Taylor Kovleski listens to this. He kind of got a bad deal and wasn't able, um, but, but did send me notes and his top, his top receiver when after Jamar chase was gone, was he, he had Elijah Moore's name there. Oh, okay. Uh, could have easily taken Devonte Smith or Waddle for him. But I, again, I'm trying to stick to my guns for sure. In, in the sense of like, I'm going to go with what you sent me. Like Pablo sent me a list based, like he ranked guys like one to 30 and it literally just said, take the next available guy. So if 
one, four, five had been drafted and number two was available. Like whoever's at number two, that's who I was taking, you know, that makes way more sense. Cause I didn't know, I didn't know that yeah. he w- didn't give, wasn't just doing it through Facebook messenger. That makes yeah, sense. Sure. So there's that side of me that's like, man, could he have taken Devontae? But I also believe Elijah Moore is going to be really good. So I don't think it was like a, a sh- like a, Oh, he should have been a third or fourth rounder. I think he was a, a, a first round receiver. Uh, but I think him going, early i would agree um i thought ntn falling like just out of the first round i understand him being hurt but he's still he still fell to joe at like 15 mm-hmm. yeah. um and so i thought that was huge um got a good laugh with t broad taking stevie scott the running back from denver who's now out of a job um took him in the last round, but that was just one of those, like, I never even heard of the guy. Um, so, you know, what list he was looking at. And then, uh, it wasn't there somebody else that we were trying to look up that like, didn't even have a player profile or something like that. Like somebody drafted him. It was like, I, he doesn't even, doesn't even exist in ESPN. He's not real. (laughs) Um, I mean, ESPN has fallen for things like that previously with places not being real. So, uh, I don't know. What about you, Bubba? Anyone? You know, I'm just looking at the list myself here. Um, I'm still actually kind of surprised, like, the quarterbacks actually fell into the second round. Um, of course, I, I, I fell and got Justin Fields, like, where I wanted him. Um, like, seeing, like, Trevor Lawrence, for instance, going actually in round two. Um, you know, Trey Lance, all these uh, other guys that, you know, um, who am I missing? Oh, pretty boy Zach Wilson. Uh, Which is super like, hot on right now. Which is crazy. Yeah. Anyway, it's just like some of those quarterbacks, like actually going in the second round versus the round, I was thinking to myself, oh, you know, is is this something that I'm missing or is like something a little more higher of a premium? Because um, I felt the wide receiving core was more of a um, value this year versus like actually having like, a, like say a tight end, for instance, or, you know, any other sort of position that's, more of a pre-draftable this year. Sure. Sure. I agree with that. I definitely think only one linebacker going in the first round isn't like, isn't really shocking, but between JOK Parsons and Zayvon Collins, I really thought two of them were going to go first round to see only one defender in the first round. Definitely threw me off, especially when it wasn't quarterbacks being taken in, in the reverse. Like I, there's a lot of really good young running backs. There's only like one or two who are supposed to like start and play right away. You know what I mean? So like it, there is that sense, especially once NTN was gone. I thought um, he either get drafted or guys would kind of do what Chris talked about, like switch over to like, okay, now I'm going to take this guy. But um, there's a lot of good receivers too. So that, uh, that makes sense. But I, we had gone a couple of years there where, you know, defense was going pretty high. Um, and I think Parsons, Collins and JOK, I think they're going to be double digit linebackers yeah i think so too and honestly yeah. jamin davis from uh the washington football team who actor off got i think he's going to be a double digit linebacker mm-hmm. um, which it would be four of them in one draft which is crazy yeah and but so to see them kind of fall um to mid second to early third that was just that was interesting so mm-hmm. yeah 
Um, yeah, well, I'm excited for this season and Clark, you've put together your 2021, 22 season inaugural power ranking. So why don't you walk us through this and okay. Bubba and I will add commentary as you go. <laughs> and Beautiful. if you want to start at the bottom, that would be great. Yes. The bottom, uh, I will caveat it with this. I always do this, but, um, I'm not going to really be kind once we get going. I'll just start it with this. Um, I definitely think this was the hardest I've had to like kind of throw together the initial 12 rankings um, just because normally there is the fight for the mole who I'm like, yeah, they've done nothing. And then normally there's like the last year or two Joe or something like that, like th- their team's kind of been struggling. So yeah, to actually sit down and be like, okay, how do I rank these guys? Um, I love everyone in our league. And I say this with truth that I think anyone can make the playoffs this year. I mean that. So yeah. uh, don't hate me in the non-existent Spotify comments or on the Facebook post. Uh, just go out and be like Bubba and win a championship uh, because you're upset that yeah. we said things about you. Hey, the Dallas Cowboys have won championships in real life. So, you know, yeah, not since like 94, uh, but you know, yeah, yeah. I was say when I was four years, four years old, but um, <laughs> cool. So let's start at the bottom. Uh, number 12. Uh, I have the mile high club coached and owned by Taylor Kovleski. Uh, I have him at 12 because it's still a very weak team outside of Mahomes and McCaffrey. I caveat that with Mahomes and McCaffrey CMC, they're going to average close to 80 points together. If they're healthy, if not more, um, it was really hard to not be like, could they average 90 points together? That's incredible. But then his receivers are going to bottom out at about five points a piece. And you're like, oh, unless Elijah Moore does really well, then you yes. might, you know, he could have, he could have one really good one. Yep. Yes. So that's what it kind of falls down to, in my opinion, when it comes to like uh, Taylor's team and, in, and being in this position is we're looking at a team that like um, has the, f- the, the duo to like really carry. And then there's all this little like potential kind of oozing through it. Um, meaning like, kind of like you said, if he gets one guy to hit or one player to kind of like, who knows, maybe Nico Collins is the next, no, I'm not even going to compare to Andre Johnson. Maybe he's just the next, (laughs) just like guy has, someone has to catch the balls in Houston. Maybe it's cooks, maybe it's Nico. So there's plenty of potential, uh, but he is heavily reliant on Mahomes and CMC and, we're praying CMC is fully healthy because he's good for football, but um, mm-hmm. I think that's the key player is CMC. And I think his, his key rookie will be Elijah Moore. I think he needs, he needs a number one. He needs Collins or Moore to become like a number one receiver for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Who you so, got at number 11? Number 11. I have, uh, <laughs> I actually really um, dislike his new team name, but a cup of tea uh, from Mr. Joseph Pedersen. Uh, My notes really after kind of looking through things, he's got a solid quarterback. I will never take that away from him in terms of, I think fantasy wise, um, you gotta love, you gotta love Kyler Murray. Um, 
And he's got some fun youth on the squad when it comes like T Higgins, Deontay Johnson, Devontae Smith. Um, but he's defense a little weak. Uh, like linebackers are really low scoring. <clears throat> um, and with all that youth comes a bunch of unknown. He could have, they could all be monsters or he's relying on Mike Davis to be CMC in Atlanta for him. And that's just not a fun place to be in. Um, yeah. So that's where I kind of land with that. I think there's a lot of potential, but it's, it's definitely like key players, Kyler Murray impact rookie is going to be Devonte Smith. I really hope he's as legit as they say it's going to be. I think so too. I, I think it could have been, I think we could have been looking at a different team offensively if Buffalo had more of a running game and Zach Moss got more playing time um, yeah. because between him and Singletary, they can't figure out who they want to be their running back. Like Moss is always going to get the goal line plays. Singletary yep. will never get that, but Singletary is faster, yep. more elusive um, yeah. and will always be able to catch the ball better than Moss. So it's like, but they're also super pass heavy. So it's like neither of those guys are going to be it's stud the, fantasy players. It's the poor man Chicago Bears backfield. Mm -hmm. you, you like, you see it and you're like, why is this not David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen? They're the, they're the exact same player, but you say that and you realize that David Montgomery and Zach Moss are like opposite in the spectrum type running backs. And that's that's what it comes down to. You have this Moss is kind of a plotting Frank Gore type back. Um, Chicago also had Trubisky, and Josh Allen and Trubisky are vastly different quarterbacks too. Yes, so it's really hard to compare. But I, that's what you picture. Like that's what I would yeah, picture for like, sure. For sure, give Moss the twenty carries, let him get you eighty-five ugly yards, but like a touchdown, and have Singletary carry the ball seven times and get five catches. You know what I mean? Like there's like that reality of like, yeah, it's yeah. there. They just they haven't bought into it, and you're right. That would make a huge difference for mm -hmm. difference for Pedersen. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. again, I I love Logan Thomas um, at tight end. I think he's going to be a breakout guy. Um, Kyler Murray can win him some games, and he's got good young receivers. It's just the defense is his defense is probably up there with the worst in the league, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, yep. So sure. he is at 11. Yeah. His highest scoring linebacker is Eric Wilson at seven points. Mm -hmm. Like that's, yeah, that's just difficult. So number 10, uh, I have Mr. Team Javed. Um, I really think he's the most improved team by far, which would make the most sense and pretty easy to do, but he actually did it. He went improved defense still needs work. You know, need a linebacker. Offense is young, but the roster is, in my opinion, quickly becoming really exciting. Um, it's easy to say the key players, Najee Harris, um, but I think his impact rookie will be Trevor Lawrence. I think if Lawrence comes out and has just like they got rid of Minshew, so my hope is that they just let Lawrence play all season. And if that's the case, he's going to have a quarterback who some weeks is going to get him 40 points or barely past 30, but he might hit the week where he gets 55 points because they're down by four touchdowns and they're Blake Bortles 2.0, just letting him wing it out. But Lawrence is incredibly more talented than Bortles. So it's like, yeah, it's there. Well, and they've got good wide receivers too. Like they have Chark and Chenault who are there, yeah. who Minshew is great, but like 
he's not going to be your star. And if, and if Trevor Lawrence is everything they're hoping that he's supposed to be like the second coming of Brett Favre or whatever, you know, probably terrible comparison, but you know, if he's as good as they say he is like, he'll make those guys better. Cause right now, like Chark is the starting wide receiver there, but he's only slated to average 11 points, 11 and a half points the first week. Chenault is like 11 as well. So there's not like neither one of those guys are slated to be a wide receiver number one in a league like yep. you would expect every team to have at least one of those. Yeah. Yeah. And if if Trevor Lawrence can make them better, like, yeah, Trevor Lawrence is going to be a stud for his team. Yeah. And, and I think once Adam figures out the importance of defense, like just the overall like value defense offers, I think he'll, what he's done with the offense this year, I think we'll see him do with the defense the next year or two. Yep. Um, and so that's why I don't think Bubba's comment about being a top four, though I don't agree. I, I don't think it's honestly crazy either. Like it, it there's like the reality of like Javed is just going to cause issues. It's going to be one of those, like if Marquez Callaway is who they say he's going to be, because Michael Thomas is no longer, he's just a head case and hurt. And like, if Julio Jones has one more amazing season and like, Henderson does play like there's all these what ifs with Javed's team that are like this could be a fun one to watch. So that is number ten, Mr. Adam Javed. Number nine, I have the 2019 asterisk champ, Pablo Rene Siscamani, uh, and um, his running back play is going to be the key to a successful season. I think. Sanders worked out with Gus Edwards uh, and Kenyon Drake. He has um, there's there's pieces there that his receivers are going to be solid. He has Kittle. He has Russell Wilson. Like I don't question his offense as a whole, but if like if Sanders and Edwards and Drake somehow are fifteen point running backs on average, if not a little higher his team becomes really, really scary because his defense actually is pretty solid around Levante, David and Bobby Wagner at linebacker. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All of his linebackers average eight and a half points or better, which is pretty darn good. Yeah. Yep. DeAndre Hopkins is still there. DK Metcalf. Like I'm not, he has DeAndre Hopkins. Yep. Oh, he does have DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. So it's like, I, it's one of those like, you look at the team and you're like, absolutely. Like he can be an easy playoff team. Um, it was just, uh, he starts the year this low because I think there's, there's some more just consistent overall teams. Um, but, but Pablo is, if he takes this year serious, like again, he's another one of those guys who 2019 might've been a little flukish, but I don't, it's not like his team is bad. Like it's not like he, I would be confident with owning Pablo's team. The running backs are just the big question, right? There's all the health and Gus Edwards runs like he weighs 470. Um, and that, that offense is supposed to be quick, athletic, fast. And so it'll just be, it'll be interesting. I was going to say, I think he, I think he's, uh, and it may sound harsh. I think he's a lucky nine right now just because yeah. he got Gus Edwards, but that could also change because they just signed Le'Veon Bell, who will probably quickly make it up to the ranks on their yeah. team. And 
if Le'Veon yeah. Bell can be super pissed about not getting used as well as he should have or could have, yeah. part of it's his own lazy fault. Like, but if he decides to take his own running back ability seriously again, like he could be a powerhouse yeah. in Baltimore. So who knows what could happen with Gus Edwards long term? Yeah. And he and he had a good draft. Michael Carter is supposed to play in for the jets because right now Kenyon drake is the big question mark in my opinion mm-hmm. uh Kenyon drake was the lead back in arizona and decided to go be the secondary back in las vegas but they might use him just as much that's the thing i just repeat read is they're kind of like the thunder lightning mentality jacobs running up the middle and then throw it out to, to drake so he might get some use so it's just and he's got george kittle and he still has deandre hopkins so it's one he of those deandre hopkins yeah, so I'm. I'm <laughs> His key player is going to be Miles Sanders. He's got to stay healthy, and I do believe in the end, Michael Carter will become his impact rookie. I think that'll be the, the key third running back that he's been looking for. Yep. Um, yep. So, number eight, I have, uh, and this one was hard for me uh, to put him here, um, but uh, I have team team. And Mr. Casey Thompson, um, incredible one-two punch at running back with Delvin Cook and Taylor. His defense has been re- in, in improving. Uh, he's got Herbert. It'll be his wide receiver play that I think will ultimately determine is Casey a playoff team again, or does he kind of go back to drafting really, really well? Um, Jones, Schuster, Sutton, uh, Darnell Mooney, like, they're all good receivers, uh, but two, one's old, one's was injured, one's a TikTok star, and one's an <laughs> unproven uh, guy who they keep talking really highly of, but really done nothing. So it's one of those, like, it's the crapshoot at receiver for him. They could all be 15-point receivers easily, or they're all barely 10-point receivers, and he's leaning heavily on the health of cook and Taylor. So it's, it's that weird balance. Yeah. I think back. his, I think his trade to get rid of Julio was smart though, to get some younger wide receivers. Yeah. I think that yeah. was smart. I think, um, not that I think Javid, I think Javid made the right move for his team because at yep. the same time he wanted some consistency that Schuster and Sutton weren't going to bring. And Casey's yep. like, I'm a borderline playoff team. If I can get lucky with these young guys, like, yeah, that'll make me even better. You know? Yeah. No, he needs, he needs a third running back in my opinion still. Uh, but he's got Darren Waller. He's got a top five tight end. Uh, it's proven tight ends can win you championship, Bubba. And so it's just one of those like pieces are there still. Um, key players to cook. If cook stays healthy. He's going to be a top three running back in my opinion. Uh, and I, the Kadarius Tony wide receiver from the Giants, I think is going to be his impact rookie. He's that guy who's like, what did the Giants do with him? They have Galladay, they have Shepard, got Engram, you know, Engram, but is, is Tony that like, he's some, he's in the slot, he's in the backfield, he's touching the ball seven to 10 times a game somehow. And all of a sudden, like, you can't sit him because he, he's going to get you somehow 12 to 15 points. You know what I mean? It's one of those. It'll be interesting. So, and, and he picked up Jadavion Clowney off of free agency. So Jadavion Clowney can get his stuff together too. He's got another pretty yeah. sol- solid defensive end there as well. Yeah. hundred so, percent. But 
yeah, I think I think his, I I think he's right around where he's supposed to be, right borderline uh, playoff team. Yeah, I agree. Uh, number seven, um, I have Team Broad, Tyler Broad. Uh, his healthy running backs, if they're all 100% healthy, he's got the three-headed monster that you want in fantasy football. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kamara, Gibson, and Barkley. Uh, that's an incredible set. He's got solid receivers. He's got a great quarterback. Like, his offense is set. It, it'll come down to his defense. Like, it's... It's still at this point, in my opinion, a weak defense, but he's got some nice pieces. Um, so if he finds some balance in his roster as a whole, like he's going to be uh, really, really dangerous this year. Especially if JOK hits. Yeah. Like he's supposed to. Like that'll be, that'll be a solid pick for him. Because yeah. I don't think his, I don't think his safeties are awful. Like they're averaging over six and a half points, which is really good. Yep. His cornerbacks are f- over f- five and a half points or more. It's really his linebackers that are like, he's missing about about 12 to 15 points a game potential. If he had better linebackers, which we've seen in the past, like Bubba and I have played and have lost by 0.1 points, you know? And like, I mean, there's, there's game, there are plenty of games that end up within 15 points uh, every single week. Absolutely. His trade to get German, German James to get Landon Collins to pick up Deion Jones. He drafted JOK. Like you can tell he's subtly taking his defense serious. Um, it, it'll just come down to health. And then does sure. he get one more? Does, is Milano really going to average almost nine points or does JOK really just prove like he's legit? And some people said he was going to be the best linebacker in the class. So like, is there tons of potential for an incredible offense? And uh, if that defense, if one of those guys hits, like he's, he catapults to a top four team, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, number six, I have uh, team Van Camp led by Bradley Van Camp. Uh, my notes say the Green Bay Packers, uh, that is, he is starting Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and Devontae Adams. Um, his defense is Kenny Clark, Rashawn Gray, uh, Devondre Campbell, uh, and Adrian Amos. Amos. So, and he made a big trade for AJ Dillon. He signed Alan Lazard, uh, Marcus Valdez, Scantling, uh, picked up Chris Barnes, and yeah. So I don't know what that means other than he's just a huge green Bay fan and you want to play him the week green Bay has a bye. Yeah. So uh, he's got great wide receivers. That'll be important. And his, in my opinion, his defense is underrated. Um, but I like Adams, AJ Brown, Tyler Lockett, Justin Jefferson. And he made, he might've got the seal of the draft by getting pits. If Kyle Pitts hits, that's going to be, ridiculous for him um so yeah he having Devonte adams like him starting four wide receivers like makes sense because of the four wide receivers he has um so i i i'm excited to see van camp play um i feel like the gc is like good when van camp's team is good mm-hmm. uh and so that'll be i think he's a playoff team this year um he's just got to hope 
the Packers don't have a COVID outbreak or things like that. So I've never wish that. are in Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, so key player will be Adams. And I think his impact rookie, it'll be Pitts. That's an easy, easy pick in my opinion. Yeah. Yep. So I agree. Uh, heading into the top five, uh, number five is uh, Mr. Juicy J himself, Joseph Williams. Um, got an improved defense. He, I actually really like the trade he made when he got rid of Brady because he got Stafford in return, who I think is going to be solid and and consistent in Los Angeles. He got uh, James Robinson, who lucked out that NTN got hurt, um, and he's brought in Johnu Smith. So yes, he lost Hawkinson, but Smith is supposed to be. They're going to play both of them, but he's supposed to be the number one guy in New England. He's supposed to be the Gronk. Henry's going to be the Hernandez. That's kind of what they're talking about. Um, So if that's the case, like uh, he needs a great year from his receivers. He needs Lamb to be uh, the guy that he was saying was worth the number one pick from Javid. Uh, And he needs Mike Evans to continue to be Evans. Um, But it's, it's weird to say, but Juicy J could be back. We could. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I thought that after watching all of his moves and who he drafted, it's like, dang, that's going to be, that's going to be crazy. I, and and I do think lamb becomes a real valuable threat in the league with, if Dak is healthy, like at the beginning of the year last year and Dak's first like four or five weeks, whenever like both Zeke and lamb were top players for their position when Deke was, when, when Dak was healthy. And so everyone was eating for Dallas. Everyone Cooper was, was I mean, Cooper was Gallup was still playable yeah. for them. To, for them currently, I was looking this up the other day. Lamb is average, supposed to average 14. Gallup is at like 13 and Amari Cooper's at like 13. That's incredible to have Zeke three wide receivers yeah. averaging over 13 points potentially for one team. Yep. That's crazy. Well, again, you have to remember is also starting again too. last year. Dallas had just Ginger Dalton on the quarterback list, and they had Genucci and some other random wannabe quarterback ever. So, sure. didn't they have Jason Boyden back at some point too? That was a few years ago. I think. Was that a few years ago already? Jeez. Yeah, yeah. It'd be it's it's one of those, and you know, I don't think he had a bad draft. I think getting Jamar Chase, um, he's. Joe's Miami Brown, like Joe's team has always been like the wide receiver hub. Like we've always kind of talked about, like he leans on receivers. I think he really leans on the PPR side of, of the GC um, that is there. It's probably like a half point PPR. I think or whatever it works out to, but um, no, Montgomery Robinson, Chase Edmonds is kind of the wild card. Um, But I mean, James Conner, I haven't really heard anything about him there in Arizona. It sounds like he's going to be Edmonds. So it's that, it's that thing where his key player will be Janu. If, if Smith really is going to be the guy in New England with a, with a young quarterback, like that's going to be a nice safety valve. And I think Jamar Chase sooner than later overtakes Boyd as, his, as in that third wide receiver um, for him. I think if Chase and Burrow connect, that's going to be an epic kind of what and you were thinking. And comes back next, next year. Yep. And that's just going to be crazy for him too. And he got NTN. Yeah, it's it's a really it's got a nice team. Um, mm-hmm. 
he's got to spend a little more time on his defense, which he's trying to, he's starting to take serious. He's got Watt and Young, um, Shaq Thompson, Jerome Baker. He's got pieces. Um, so it'll be, it'll be good. Yeah. It's, it's nice to say, but juicy J is probably back. So, uh, which leads us into our top four. Um, at number four, I have team Actorhoff led by Taylor Actorhoff. Uh, I thought uh, my notes basically say in all caps, if healthy, his offense will be top three. Uh, it's yep. just full of big play players. Uh, Brady, they're, they're listing him as like right behind Mahomes. Like they just think he's going to gunsling it this year. Um, again, I go back to if healthy, Chris Carson, Joe Mixon, and Eckler are not a bad trio of running backs. If healthy, uh, Amari Cooper, Stefan Digg, Robbie Anderson, if healthy, are a really good trio of receivers. And he picked up Hawkinson in that trade uh, with Joe, who is a top five, top seven tight end at a premium position. It's like, uh, it's a really potent offense. Yeah. Uh, it just comes back to if they remain healthy. Um, his defense is pretty solid. Um, I like Edmonds. I like Kendricks. I think Jamin Davis was a great draft pick. Um, he's got decent safeties. So it's it's one of those, like, um, I never look forward to playing actor off, especially in the Carter. Um, and I – I always have him like whenever I go to pick the champ every year, I always look at his team forever and I always settle on like, man, it's there. It just always seems like health becomes an issue for his squad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I look at his team and I'm like, he's a defensive tackle and a linebacker away. Like if he can pick up a defensive tackle because somebody gets hurt off of waivers and same with line, like his team is, scary i mean it's a nice squad defensive ends that average 5.9 and 6.3 it i mean that's incredible to have defensive ends that can do that it's that's ridiculous. incredible yeah yeah his his bench just looking at it too his bench has a lot of good offensive side of the player so like looking here he's got he's got joe burrow he's got ronald jones got odell beckham kareem hunt like he's he's got the offensive Pittman bench. Jr. Yeah. Pittman yeah. Jr. You know, but my my question is where is his defense bench? And I think that might be a play for him go forward because he already does look like he has three guys on IR currently. And that's gonna be trouble if another one's on IR and then he's gonna have to really think about okay, who do I have to free agency? Who do I have to trade to yeah. get for defense? Yeah. Yeah. To think that he could put Gallup or Odell in there. And I think that if Treasury didn't strike, he could have had Cam Akers in the starting lineup. Like, it's just, I like Actor Hoff team a lot. And uh, it would not surprise me again to see him in a championship position or um, winning, even winning the Carter. So, five legit running backs on his team. Yeah. If Cam Akers is not hurt. Yeah. Absolutely. Crazy. Crazy. 100% agree. So, uh, number three, I have, uh, team Clark. I, uh, my notes basically are new year, another new quarterback, uh, this year it's Prescott (laughs) (laughs) and basically, um, I think my team, no sex allegations. Let's go. Yeah. Come on. (laughs) 
<laughs> no bum ankles. I think it comes down for my squad to health and running back play. Uh, and that'll determine another trip to the ship or a fall from grace, in my opinion. <laughs> like, um, I just, I look at my roster. I'm like, there's no reason why I shouldn't like be competitive in every game I play. And yet there's always two or three games a year. Where I'm like, why do I play fantasy football? You know what I mean? So it's just like, and it normally happens towards the end of the year. Um, so it's be interesting. I feel like my team is the one team that really will get hit by guys resting for some reason. Or like, I just, you know, I think having Prescott will be huge. I really hope he's kind of back in himself. Um, I liked my draft. It just, it'll just be interesting. It'll be, it's nice having Derrick Henry and Elliot, but Jacobs could easily not even be the number one guy in Las Vegas by the end of this year. It could be yeah. great. Yeah. So it's just one of those, uh, it's all there to be the championship for a third year in a row. And it's also potentially for me to like barely get in the playoffs. And I'm like an injury or two away from like, just looking forward to the future draft. So, um, yeah, that's what I, uh, think. Just tell us when the fire sale is and we'll be there. Yeah. Everybody will yeah. come clamoring, giving you first round picks. Yeah. I'll, uh, it could happen by midseason. So, uh, number two is Team Holly Griffin by Chris Thompson. Uh, it is all there for a championship run. I think you got the stud fantasy quarterback in Jackson. You got the solid running backs in Chubb, Swift, and Ceh. You got the number one receiver in Ridley. Or yet you have a number one receiver in Ridley. You got a strong defense. Your linebackers of Cunningham, Murray, Warner, and Parsons is incredible they just got to stay healthy. Like, and I, that's just the cop out like answer for all offensive is, is health. Um, but like you, you should have a top five offense. Uh, your defense should be a top two, top three defense. Um, it'll be interesting. I thought you had good rookies that you drafted. Like there's a lot of pieces there for you to, to make a run at the ship. Well, I'm flattered. I think it's way too high. Um, I I think it depends on how Chark and Davis do. Both are listed as number ones, but I think mm. they're ranking them really low in terms of points because they don't know what Zach Wilson is going to do, and yeah. they don't know what Trevor Lawrence is going to do. I think sure. they're basing it purely off of their rookie quarterbacks. They have no idea what they're doing in the league yet, and therefore, they're really low on points. Um, yeah. I say this every year because my team is young. I'm always nervous for the season because sure. like Nick Chubb is probably my only proven r- running back right now. CEH sure. like had moments of brilliance week one. I thought I got a stud with 38 and a half points and then <laughs> threw up like six points a couple of times, you know, like, I have no idea what I have there with him. Are but the thing is too, like the reason I took him because Andy Reid takes random running backs and makes them top five running backs in fantasy every single every single time except for last year. Um, so who knows? He could be ridiculously good. DeAndre Swift, he's got a groin thing. He might not be there. Honestly, that's why I took Javante Williams because I was like, I might get a couple weeks out of Swift before he's passed by Williams. Who knows? And by that time, maybe Williams will take over and be the guy. Um, yep. 
So yeah, I say this every year. I really like my team. I think it's really low in terms of points as Trevor Lawrence and um, Zach Wilson come around. I think both those wide receivers will grow in terms of the points they can get me. But my teams are always just really young. It's the way I build them, hoping that like I can get a couple really good years out of them before I sell them. Like, yeah. And that comes with being nervous every single week I go into, but also having really crazy weeks at the same time. So <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Yeah. No, I like, I like your team. I think it's a, uh, yeah, I could, I could see you usually winning the Carter. I could see you making a run of the ship. I like CH. I think Micah Parsons is going to be a great rookie running back. He's basically over, already like overtaken Jalen Smith there in Dallas, which is just crazy. Like, mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it'd be good. Which, last but not least, is the number one spot in our inaugural rankings uh, is Bubba Arn, City Yenzers. Um The defending champ, always a strong defense, and offense anchored by an unstoppable duo in Hill and Kelsey. It's going to come down to health and consistency, which will be key, in my opinion, because I kind of mentioned it earlier, like, in terms of GC standards, you could look at Bubba's team and consider it like an aging team, which is really interesting because like in real life, a lot of these guys outside of Big Ben probably aren't retiring anytime soon, but like um, it is just an old, it's on the older side. Uh, but I think there's still all of the pieces there to repeat. Um, it's going to come down to like our Hill and Kelsey still just amazing, which I think they will be. Um but what kind of play do you get from Mostert, Fournette, Gordon? Like those are guys who could uh, be the guy and they've proven they can be the guy or, you know, Fournette's got Jones with them. Gordon's got Javante Williams with them. Mostert's got Trey Sturman with them. They all have like the young guys ready to like step in at a moment's notice. So um, I still like, I still like the team. I still think um, Blake Martinez, he's like the, most underrated linebacker in the league, like bro straight balls all the time. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's there. Uh, so the idea of repeating, I think is very realistic, realistic. You just need consistent play. That's kind of what it's going to come down to. And again, I would agree. Um, what I will say is this year, I know first facts, I'm not going to win the championship. Unless God loving that I get to the championships like I did last year, <laughs> you know, yeah. you get COVID season, the consistency of my team. That's, that's where I brought it down to just low key, low key scoring high, high key moments of where it needs to be. Sure. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I mean, that's, I mean, all it takes, like you said, is to, to have a good day when the other guy has a bad day. And you, that's how fantasy football works. So, um, yeah. So that's my rankings. Bubba at one, uh, Chris at two, me at three, Taylor at uh, actor Hoff at four, Joel Williams at five, Bradley Van Camp at six, Tyler Broad at seven, Casey Thompson at eight, Pablo at nine, Adam at 10, Joe Pedersen at 11 and Taylor K at 12. Like I said, this is the inaugural. This is kind of based off off-season drafts and just kind of a quick look at the team. Um, but I really think this is that year when it could be the status quo or it could be just a totally wild, which I kind of think is going to be like a wild 
whoa, those those three guys from each conference made the, the playoffs. Like that's crazy. I think it could be that kind of year. Yeah. So well, Bubba, enjoy the number one ranking because I have a feeling that last year's championship, much like the Dallas Cowboys, will be your last one for about twenty five years or so. Just enjoy that while you can. Week ten. Week ten. I have it circled already, Christopher. Yeah. November fourteenth. You ready to be you ready to watch maybe six and two with the Lou this year? I, like I can add it. I can, dude, I can add it on there already. I've got my label maker ready. I'd like to make an extra bet with you this year. Oh, interesting. Okay. Is this, yeah. is this you, so, is this you uh, clawing for any sorts of scraps right now? Is that what this is? No, not at all. Not at all. So okay, I hey, hang on. before you, before you do this, before you do this, you do know that Melvin Gordon is going to take an over by Javante Williams. You're going to be down a running back. Leonard Fournette, who knows if he really got vaccinated, might end up sitting out the whole season. Who knows? I, you know, you you might have one. So before before you offer up whatever it is, I just want you to be aware. Like your team's probably going to crumble, but okay, go ahead. No, got? no draft picks, no raids, no nothing. This actually is all aside from the GC standpoint of Lou. Um, so Chris, as you know, we go way back. The same, the same day, the same week, November the fourteenth. Your, your Detroit Lions, mind you, my Pittsburgh Steelers go one on one at Heinz Field this year. No kidding! Also, it's our rivalry, and it's our teams playing each other. No, get out yes. of here. <laughs> yes, it is the same exact. This week. is the best. So I'd like to add yes. to the Lou. Um, on top of like whoever loses, obviously, but. Let's let's put it this way. Winner obviously gets the pizza and the trophy. Sure. Also, the loser of the Steelers Lions game has to the opponent, whoever is a fan of, has to wear the jersey like you did back eight to twelve ago, okay. or whatever it was. All right, fair enough. We can send you a Ben jersey again if you want me to. There we go. We'll ship it and then we'll ship it back to each other. We'll take a picture and post it. As long as I don't have to my children. Who do you want me to wear for the Lions, by the way? I don't know. I would say Stafford, but he's not on the team anymore. Um, I don't really know who would... uh, Dude, our team's completely different than last year's. I have no idea. I'd say like Uh, Hawkinson and Swift are like our two most tenured players and they've got two years. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe like a Sewell jersey or like a... Golf, or maybe St. Brown, one of those guys. Dude, I don't know if I want to waste my money getting a golf jersey though. Like, who knows if he's gonna be there? <laughs> I get a get a Sewell or like a St. Brown or a Swift. Okay, okay. all right. Hawkinson, all right. one of those, one of those four. Those seem like the four core. All right, we'll get. I'll get one of those. I need a new. I need a new Lions jersey, anyways. So I'll get one so of those. It'd be great. Oh man, Bubba, it's good to have you on. Glad you could make it. I know there's a lot going on uh, in life right now with your house and storms and being in a hotel and everything, but glad you could uh, make it on, give you a little bit of a respite from all of that. So thank you. I I do appreciate that. And, uh, you know, it's fun being back with Yens, uh, you know, here in the fantasy football league and world known as the GC. For sure. For sure. (laughs) Beautiful thing. 
Well, gentlemen, that about does it for this week. We honestly hope that when it comes to Thursday night, you are glued to your TV. You've got your favorite beer. Uh, you just veg out with whatever wings or food you want to eat because football is back, which means the Gentleman's Club is back, which means the Gentleman's Club podcast where we come to talk about the best fantasy IDP keeper dynasty league that has ever existed on the face of the earth is also back in full swing. We're excited for stats. We're excited for discussion questions. We're excited for all of that more guests uh, along the way. So keep your uh, Spotify accounts hot and ready and watching for any new episode that comes out. We'll try to do every two weeks uh, as best we can. Obviously life happens, but that's our, that's our hope to keep you guys updated for. So Clark, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. All right. Bubba, thanks for being on. We'll see you guys soon. Thank you. Take it easy.